0: Hi, we would like to share a quick announcement before we start. Our event, Caleo 24, is right around the corner. From Friday, April 5th to Sunday, April 7th, we will be gathering here in Madrid for our yearly conference. It will be a weekend full of fire and the presence of God. Join us together with people from across the nations for worship, encounters, ministry times, and to be equipped through his word. We encourage you to come and experience this spirit-filled event. You can buy tickets and find more details at our website, www.caleomadrid.com events. We're excited to see you there. And now, enjoy the podcast. How are you? Good, good. I'm glad to see you after two weeks of family quality time. Sometimes that's necessary. What have you been doing this past couple of weeks? Who has been here? Let me know because I wasn't here. What did you guys do? If they inform me well, we've been talking about a Joseph, the life of Joseph for three weeks, right? I know that some of you are called that way, but we were talking about Joseph in the Bible. And we were talking about different character areas that God is building inside of us because we can see. Different ways of connecting with Joseph and the amazing characters that he walked in life. So, you guys were, <laughs> we all together were going over integrity the first week. And then. If I'm not wrong, then you guys were talking about it—humility and purity—and those three things are part of a character after God's heart and makes you makes it you makes you have a strong character. I believe that over each one of you here, there is an amazing calling and the reason why we're called Kaleo is because Kaleo means to be called and we believe that each person has a calling there is a purpose over your life and we want to help you find that purpose and equip you to live under that purpose and part of that purpose is to build God's kingdom on earth The kingdom of God is not something physical, it is not about a building, but when I I say the kingdom of God is when people allow the authority of God in their lives and allow God to reign in their lives. So now part of your calling, what um, God is shaping in this journey is the character in which we live, because character is one of the pillars in your life, mm-hmm. and if you've grown in a strong character, that would define whether or not you can walk in your calling. I'm not saying that we have a mad God that won't let you in otherwise, but most of your character is shaped in the journey. But a character is so important because when he starts um, placing his glory over your life, when the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes over your life and we don't have character, then it is a fragile foundation. It's a foundation that is not fixed. So then the weight of his glory and the weight of his anointing cannot stand there for long. You can see that um, with the kings in the Old Testament, that over and over, um, they started their kingdom, and at some point in their life, there was some brokenness, um, that because for some reason, their character was not strong enough, and they were broken under the weight of the anointing, and we don't want that, so good news. Character is not shaped just with discipline, but actually character is shaped with the um, fire of the Holy Spirit. So the reason why we give a lot of space to the Holy Spirit is because we want the Holy Spirit to move inside of me, inside of you, inside of us, so that he can shape that character, a stronger character in you every day. Are you excited about what part of character we're gonna go over today? So, today, we're going to go over Wisdom. If you have your Bible, why don't you go with me to Genesis 41. I believe that we've shared a lot about Joseph's story, so we're just going to read uh, some part and some other parts. I'm just going to tell you the story. So Genesis 41, we can find a very important uh, part of the story of the life of Je- Joseph before uh, chapter 41. You can read about the uh, Joseph in his younger years, how he had dreams, how he had purpose. God gave him a calling. And then... Between those chapters and chapter 41, there were some chapters where life didn't go as expected. He's sold into slavery, and then you might think that's the worst place that where he can be, and then he ends up in jail. And stage after stage, he's faced with difficulty over and over again. So in chapter 41, things start changing. We can read about Pharaoh, Pharaoh of Egypt, where Joseph is. And he has two dreams. You might have um, read the story or at home. If you've never read it, I encourage you to read it. So Pharaoh starts having these two dreams where God is speaking to him. Now these um, dreams, it's not about like being sleepy. It's not just about having personal dreams, but Pharaoh was leading a, a whole nation. And so God was speaking to him through two dreams about the future of his country and about what is important in the years to come. So Pharaoh has these two dreams and for him it make no sense because the way that God speaks in dreams many times, Sometimes it can be through an angel, something really uh, clear, but sometimes he speaks to us in dreams through visions that need to be interpreted, because part of how the Lord speaks is about bringing the Holy Spirit, and it is him, the one who explains the dream. And so that's what happens with Joseph. The cupbearer of Pharaoh remembers that Joseph had interpreted dreams for him, and so he tells um, Pharaoh, The cupbearer says to Pharaoh, you've asked your magicians, your um, wise men, and they have not been able to interpret your um, dreams. But I remember there was this one guy in jail that he interpreted a dream for me, and his interpretation was, correct. why don't you call Joseph to come, and he can explain the dream, the meaning of the dream to you. dice entonces para lo que se den le sacaron apresuradamente de la cárcel y se afectó y mudó then pharaoh sent and called joseph and they quickly brought him out of the pit and when he had shaped himself and changed his clothes he came in before pharaoh and pharaoh said to joseph i have had a dream and there is no one who can interpret it i have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream you can interpret it joseph answered pharaoh it's not in me god will give pharaoh a favorable answer Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Behold, in my dream I was standing on the banks of the Nile. Seven cows, plump and attractive, came up out of the Nile and fed in the reed grass. Seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and thin, such as I had never seen in all the land of Egypt and the thin, ugly cows ate up the first seven plump cows. But when they had eaten them, no one would have known that they had eaten them, for they were still as ugly as at the beginning. Then I I awoke. I also saw in my dreams seven ears growing on one stalk, full and good. Seven ears withered thin and blighted by the east wind sprouted after them, and the thin ears swallowed up the seven good ears. And I told it to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years." And the seven good ears are seven years, the dreams are one, the seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty ears blighted by the east wind are also seven years of famine. It is, a sight to old Pharaoh, God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, but after them there will arise seven years of famine, and now the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt, the famine will consume the land, and the plenty will be unknown in the land by reason of the famine that will follow. For it will be very severe. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means that the thing is fixed by God. And God will surely bring it about. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities, and let them keep it. That food shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish through the famine. This proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has shown you all this, then there is no one so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne, will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him ride in his second chariot and they called out before him, Bow the knee. Thus, he sent him over all the land of Egypt. I love how it says in verse 39, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all of this, there is no one so discerning and wise as you are. The entrance of Joseph into his calling is redefined by the wisdom in which he walks. So let's look at different aspects of wisdom and how to cultivate wisdom. But I want to start by explaining what we mean when we say wisdom, biblical wisdom, in Ephesians It says we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, which God gave us in abundance with all wisdom and understanding. So right now, I will be explaining the difference between wisdom and understanding, but I want to look into this verse first, and how amazing it is that the promise here is that A fruit of what happened in the cross, we have all understood that the cross is the entrance into new life with Jesus, right? So when you confess your sins, when you receive Jesus as Savior, you walk into a new life with him, eternal life. But part of this life, this starts today, is actually him Pouring out wisdom. And how does he pour out wisdom? We have a good father. He doesn't um, pour out just a little bit, he pours out in fullness. And here it says that the fullness, according to the riches of his grace, his grace is unending, his grace is abundant. We read in Titus how his Holy Spirit has been um, poured out abundantly. So this wisdom doesn't come in drops. This wisdom is really that wants to flow to your life. In the Bible, there are different words for wisdom. For example, there is the word Sophia, that means wisdom, and then there's also the word Phronesis. And each one of these words has a little bit of an explanation of um, a different understanding. Remember how you translate a word from the Greek, it's not just a literal translation, but there is like a different sense to the word that is affected by the culture, or by the language that is different. And part of the understanding of the word fornesses of wisdom that we find in this verse is an understanding and knowing the holy love of the will of God. The difference between understanding and wisdom, we can explain it, for example, the example of fire. To know that the fire is hot doesn't mean that that you're like burning. You can know that the fire is hot and still touch it with your hand but one of the, it's something to know that hot is i mean the, the fire is hot but another thing is to walk in wisdom of it knowing that it is hot so i won't touch it so that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom knowledge about something is good to have but wisdom makes you live according to what you know Many people know about the things of God. They've been to church for years, and they know how to live in that way. I don't, I'm don't. i not supposed to do this. He has this for me. He has this purpose. He has this calling for me. So what then, why is it that not everyone walks in those things? And I'm not pointing my finger. I can talk about my own life. I remember I grew up in a Christian household, and I always knew Okay, this is what God has for my life. And sometimes I like, it was good for me and it was easy, but there were things where I was fighting and I wasn't able. There were different temptations and I wasn't able to win those battles. Do you relate to that or is it just me? The difference between wisdom, one of the differences, to know that what God has for you is good and important, but wisdom makes you live it out. Wisdom helps you make decisions that allow you to walk into the Promised Land. That's why the Bible focuses heavily on what wisdom is and the importance for us to walk in wisdom in our lives. In Proverbs, it says, because the Lord of wisdom, knowledge it springs from his lips with each with each um preaching i look up the my topic on google so we're thinking about about wisdom and i went to google to see what they have to say and uh, there was this um definition of what wisdom is and it was interesting their answer because google i guess it's not google but like oxford or something defines wisdom that comes from experience. That's what the world understands by wisdom. A wise person is a person with a lot of experience, because they've traveled a lot, because they've had many experiences, that's why I'm wise. That is the way the world sees wisdom. But Proverbs has a different definition, because the Lord of Wisdom and knowledge and science comes forth from his lips. Biblical knowledge doesn't just come from experience, but biblical um, wisdom actually comes from his lips. So what's the good news? That even if you're young, you can be wise. The world says you need to grow up, you have to have gray hair, a long beard, and then you can be wise. You know what? You can be 14, 15 years old and be very, very wise if when you receive wisdom from the Lord. That's what's amazing with God. Wisdom doesn't come from your experiences. The wisdom comes from His lips. The thing is, who is listening? Who is listening from the wisdom that He's pouring out into your life? The kids are being trained in wisdom. Biblical wisdom flows through a relationship with God. In Proverbs 9.10, it says, The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. To know the holy is to have understanding. And we will go um, back to this verse. But what I love is that this fear of God is not a fear where you're hiding from God, but it is this fear that brings a nearness to God. Biblically, a fear of the Lord brings a nearness. It's not to run away from Him, but to attract us to Him. This fear of God, the result and the fruit of the fear is wisdom. The number one fountain of receiving and growing in wisdom is to live in a relationship with Him. In Proverbs 2.6, it says, the Lord of wisdom and knowledge comes forth from His lips. He is the fountain of all wisdom. So now this wisdom comes from two different places. When we use the when we see uh, when it speaks about the word of god there's two different words in the bible and one of them is the written word and the other is what he speaks in the moment because some some people have read this book and they want to understand only through their like with their minds And they grow in understanding some things, but there is this crucial part where the Holy Spirit breathes life and explains the secrets and reveals what you have learned. And turns it into what you live. Is anyone hungry for wisdom? Knowing that it's something for all ages, for all nations. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter if you gave your life to Jesus yesterday. He wants to pour out his wisdom. The wisdom doesn't. It's not defined by the time where you, when you've been walking with him. There's people who gave their lives to Jesus yesterday, but when they're uh, listening to the words of his lips they're growing in the wisdom that he's pouring out so let's go back to joseph 41 i mean genesis 41 with joseph verse 9 it's where the cupbearer bearer is telling pharaoh to call joseph joseph is still in jail and i want you to step on joseph's shoes Joseph is in jail, and he has different um, experiences of when how they call him and go near to Pharaoh. Number one, he might have remember when the cupbearer and his friend uh, were sent to jail because they upset Pharaoh for something they did. Pharaoh, the king, for me, looks like it's not someone that is very friendly. Instead, when there is uh, like a difference, when someone is not in agreement, then I'll send you to jail. So that's the type of person that's calling him forth. Maybe for um, Joseph, the f- his first thought was not, not saying like, oh, he's going to promote me. Maybe his first thought was like, oh, why does he want to see me? And so then it actually says in verse 8 or verse before, it says that um, Pharaoh is stressed out. He was troubled. Now someone that has a history of sending people to jail and then today he is troubled. I don't want to meet with that person. So I want to say maybe Joseph wasn't like just excited. But also, Joseph knows when I have interpreted dreams in the past, it was always costly for me. When I interpreted the dreams to my um, brothers, they sent me to, they sold me to slavery. When I tried to walk in purity in Potiphar's um why um Potiphar's house, he sent me to jail, and he knows that the wisdom of God is against the wisdom of the world, and he's experienced a really hard battle between the anointing over his life and the fact that the fruit in his life sometimes doesn't look that good in our eyes, in a human eyes. So then, um, Pharaoh is saying, hey, I had some dreams. Help me um, interpret them. So I would say that Joseph wasn't in the easiest situation when he came after Pharaoh. In Matthew 5, the Bible says, blessed are those who are persecuted for my sake. The Bible promises, hardship. I will explain why in a second. But I want to say that living under biblical wisdom, it is not this fixed promise that you will never have difficulty. But actually, to live under biblical wisdom requires to live with a brave heart. To live under God's wisdom is to be like Joseph who says, it doesn't matter um, all the troubles that this anointing has brought, but if God wants to move, then I will go. If he has this plan for me, I will enter into these things. I remember when God called me into missions, (laughs) I was thinking, yeah, that's a great idea. And I told everyone in my life, and the closest people in my life were like no 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 first do something important something that will help you in your life go to school so that you can make money and then you can go out as a missionary because if God changes his mind sometimes and he doesn't want you to be a missionary anymore what will you do and I was like well I don't know but right now he's asking me to follow him into the mission field right now he's asking me to follow him and bring his word to the darkest and most dangerous places in this world so I want to go wisdom many times comes with a price, when it's against the wisdom of this world. I don't want to prophesy or say that we need to go after hardship, but I want to prepare you that when you find hardship, when you choose wisdom, you have good company. And it's not that you're in the wrong path. We don't have to go after hardship. We don't have to go after a battle. But when you face it, part of the process of walking in wisdom is to face those giants in the way when people have different opinions, when what you do, it's not a safe. Maybe you're going to end up in jail. Maybe they're going to kill me like the other man um, where, who the dream was interpreted to. Joseph did not have an assurance of success with what was happening, but he knew the promise of God and he chose to walk in wisdom and walk with God. So I want to encourage you if in the journey, when you're walking in wisdom and you're following God in that way, and you face a battle and difficulty, not don't do not stop. Proverbs one seven. We just read it, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Again, what is the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is not a fear where you want to hide away, you run from him, The fear of God, biblically, It is always connected with nearness to him. The fear of God makes me draw near to him. It doesn't um, make me run away. And the first step of this uh, nearness, the first step to walk into your calling, to walk into the plans that God has for you, is this fear of God. It's to live under the wisdom of choosing first what he says and then something else, and then my knowledge, and then what other people say first, If he says something, then I go. That is wisdom. Verse 41, verse 34 to 45. We just read it. So I'm gonna say it in my own words. In these verses, you can see the result of the wisdom in the life of Joseph. There are two results. Two outcomes, and both outcomes have to do with promotion. Both outcomes have to do with a change of life for Joseph. He just came out of out of jail, and then Pharaoh says, "Because of the wisdom that I see in you, I will make you the second most important man in this country." Above you there's only me. First there's Pharaoh and then you and everyone else will follow you. And you can read it about two outcomes. The first outcome is that Pharaoh knows that if we first are going to have f- seven good years and then seven bad years, we need a strategy, someone with discipline, someone with wisdom to guide the whole nation to live under what God is saying so that we can survive these seven years. And so he sets Joseph above all the country. We all dream to be used by God, is someone not dreaming about that? We all dream about being used by God, right? And we all have different dreams about being used by God, maybe your dream is to preach, maybe your dream is to um, lead a life group, maybe your dream is to change people situation, her living on the street in Madrid. Maybe your dream is to see people come out of addiction. Maybe your dream is for God to come into businesses and people have encounters with God at work. I don't know what your dream is, but a part of going and entering into God's plans for you requires God's promotion. Maybe you've never heard of this before, but when you read about Jesus, it says that Jesus, when he was growing up as a child, he had to grow up in favor with God and with man. Jesus is 100% God, but also 100% human. And that's why the Bible describes how in his youth he is growing in favor with God and favor with people. I don't know uh, exactly why, but I would say that if Jesus had to grow in favor with God and men, you and I need you and I need to grow up in favor with God and men. So part of growing in favor with men and God are promotions. The promotions that God gives you. And promotions are not titles. Promotions are not places of public um, recognition, but God's pr- um, promotions look different. Maybe it looks like you praying for a specific anointing, and God starts giving it to you. I remember a few years back, I was hungry to listen to words of knowledge, words of knowledge that would bring healing to people i had heard some in my life but i wasn't flowing in it so for months every day i would pray papa i want that and throughout the months i started seeing how he started pouring out this anointing and i started seeing more miracles and even in my days off when i was walking um, down the street everywhere i was i would hear words of knowledge for people That is a promotion of God in my life, where he pours this out in my life. But it's not about me. It's about you. It's about us. The promotions of God is not just for two or three of you. In the world, promotion is just for that one person in the business, and everyone else is like, oh, I want to be that person. In the kingdom of God, he wants to promote everyone everywhere all the time we have a father who wants to give that one over and over again but he gives his promotions when we choose to live under wisdom because when we don't choose wisdom as our base then the promotion and the anointing comes and it will actually break instead of making us more like Jesus promotion We're going to talk about promotion later, a different day. I read a a definition of religion that was very good, so I'm just going to say it in my own words. Religion, you can use the word in a good way, but the, the way that I want to use it today is not as good. I'm talking about a religion where religion means to hear something and leave nothing out. To hear something and be satisfied with just listening a story. Religion in that sense has to do with people that are Christian that are used to listen to preachings, they're used to read the Bible, they're used to get together in groups and talk and share about these stories. And they're happy to talk about how God has used someone 2000 years ago without him using me today. And I don't think God's a fan of that type of religion. Actually, he's breaking that type of religion more and more, because what he wants is to promote and bring you to a place where you can walk in that same adventure. Not just remember what he did with Joseph, with Moses, with Abraham, and all of these people. We actually have that hunger just when we say, God, I want you to do this in me. This is my hunger. This is what I want you to do in my life. There's nothing wrong with having those dreams. I love it when people share their dreams with me. And they're always very different. But if they're from God, I want to encourage you. How do you get ready to walk under that plan that God has for you? Seek wisdom. Wisdom will change from just knowing about a promise, but it will help you not to touch the fire, to actually live it out. So, how do we cultivate wisdom in our lives? James one <laughs> <laughs> if anyone lacks wisdom, ask God and he will give it to you because God gives generously <laughs> So that starts with actually recognizing the lack of wisdom. When you say, oh, actually, I'm missing that, I need more of his wisdom. So if you want and realize that you need more of his wisdom, this verse is amazing. Here it says, there is no one that he won't give to. It doesn't matter you're about anything about your past, If your life can be filled with um, sin or was filled with sin, but there is no one where um, God would not pour out his wisdom to. So that's good news. It doesn't matter what happens today, but if you know I need more wisdom, he will pour his wisdom if you ask him. So number one, to cultivate more wisdom in your life. And remember, wisdom is not just to know something, but it's the ability to live out what you know. Then ask for it. Proverbs 4, 7 says, wisdom is first. Acquire For wisdom above all your possessions. Acquire discernment. Solomon is writing this. And if there's anyone that can say wisdom is first, it would be him, because God has an encounter with him and says, I will give you whatever you want. What do you want? And he is the king. He can ask for more land, for gold. I want my country to be bigger. And what he says, I actually want the wisdom to be able to reign over the people that you gave me. So Solomon lives under a priority and a, a high value for wisdom and he is a man that then experiences this heavenly wisdom that is so strong in his life. So if you want to grow, the wisdom in which you live, number one, ask for it. Number two, value wisdom. When you value it the way that Solomon did, wisdom that will increase inside of you. What you focus on with your eyes, what you value, that's what's going to grow. And if you value a thousand other things except for wisdom, wisdom then will decrease in your life. If you want more wisdom, then start placing this value and placing it first, like the first value in your life. And it also says uh, gain uh, gain wisdom, get wisdom. So what does that mean? It means that it is possible to go after wisdom, to seek more of his wisdom. How can we seek more of his wisdom? Remember how what we had just said, where does wisdom comes from? From experience? No. Thank you, Mary. No, it's not through experience. It comes through His lips. To seek, to get wisdom means to live with your ears open to hear His voice. His voice through the Bible, when you read and the Holy Spirit is explaining it to you and throughout the day when He starts giving you instruction on how to do things, and how to walk, how to make decisions in your life and take what you're hearing and make it your priority even more important than what you're thinking because biblical wisdom comes from his lips. So how can we get more wisdom? Pray and ask it, value it, and seek for it. And in accordance to what we just read, there is no one who would ask that won't receive wisdom. I believe that um, what makes it hard for us is that we don't know, don't recognize that we actually need wisdom because we've learned so many things about God, but we have not understood that he wants to break religion. But actually, to you know, walk it out, and to walk it out, you need wisdom. Let's pray. 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 Vamos a pray Ask for it. let us <laughs> pray let pray And I pray for those moments where we have not known that we need more wisdom. I ask, would you remove and make our hearts tremble? Would you bless each person with a revelation of how much wisdom is needed? Move, move my heart. Father, I thank you that you have an amazing calling over the life of everyone. Thank you that you want to promote and that you want to call us into your plans. And I thank you that you're growing us in wisdom, not to know, but actually to, for us to live it out, where we can actually make good decisions, to choose an adequate lifestyle so that we can live under your plans. Please in us this wisdom, Holy Spirit, I pray Would you whisper every day and remind us of the wisdom of what you are saying. Let us hear from your lips the wisdom in every step and every decision, Father. Amen.